gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Episode... What's this? Episode Gojinanaban? I think this is episode 57. How to handle women who trade... Sex for gifts. I cannot tell you how excited I am for today's session. We have one of the most inspirational stories I have ever heard coming straight off the back of an experience one of my clients had in which that it's the entire journey of his life building up to this moment is a sexual connection with a woman born through cold human interaction. And then what happens is just unbelievable. It rivals my stories It rivals anything I've ever seen. I've never heard anything like this before. And we're going to talk about authenticity here. We're going to talk about uh, what type of gifts women are looking to trade sex for. We're looking for trading the gifts of sexual security, romantic security, social security, financial security. There are many different angles. The hurt, the pain we're going to go into for a woman that has forsaken herself and is looking to use her flesh as the commodity in which that she attains these securities. There's a lot to dive into. There's a lot to discuss. Oh, and I've, I'm just, I'm so puffed up. So welcome my friends to Social Q&A Live. Uh, if you guys are new to this session or new to this podcast, basically it's just a time in which that for the next two to four hours, I'll be here to answer your questions on anything related to social dynamics, dating, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. We'll get it. And uh, if you are here in the live chat, welcome. Go ahead and drop a thumbs up on this video down below to help support the channel, helps get the video sent out to the rest of the world. And uh, drop a comment saying, hi, let me know where you're from. And when uh, we have a preloaded question story, as always, to kick things off, which is going to form the basis of this podcast, 
but then I'll open it up to open Q&A, which means that's like I said before, any guys, any questions you guys have, we'll tackle them then. And of course, you can use the super chat option, which is a donation to the channel, which helps support everything that goes on here and get your question bumped to the top. Now I'll give you more time as well. So yeah, most inspirational, most inspirational. I mean, even when I think about my own stories that I could think about that relate to this one, I've never, I've never experienced something like this before. The closest it's come to is girls who will literally be on the precipice of having sex with you and then, and then say that they won't do it unless they, you become their boyfriend. That's the closest that I've come. Uh, personally, I might share some of those stories later on if you guys want to hear about them. But without further ado, let's just, let's do it. Let's get into this. Oh, man. Oh, shit. By the way, again, just like last week, my friends, nothing popped up in my live chat for a good 10 minutes or so. So uh, please let me know that the video and audio is working, that you are in fact here, and that the live chat is working. Last week, we had an issue. It was that, I don't know, the live chat just wasn't, wasn't going down. But actually not. We've got one person up in here. So we got Josh Sturgeon. He's the first one up in here saying, tuning into one of these after a while. Let's get it with a flex. Good to have you here, Josh. Thank you for being here. And thank you for also popping in the chat because that lets me know that the chat's actually working because uh, last week had some issues. So, okay. So before I read out the, the story for today, the intensity of what's about to unfold in terms of a woman trading sex for gifts, I need to give you guys the context. Because this is, this is not just a story out of itself. This is a journey across a lifetime. This is a journey of a lifetime. So the client that is in question, I will not use names. I will not use countries, okay? Not city. I'll just say he's in the United States of America. And he's mid-20s. So mid-20s. And he is one of, on the scale of zero to 10. Zero being the hard case of all hard cases, 10 being the natural of all naturals. When he came to work with me, and we've been working together for probably just over two years, maybe a little bit more than that, on and off over the last two years, very intensely as well. I'll kind of discuss that a little bit more later on. But when he came to me, he was definitely somewhere between two to three on that scale I just mentioned before. For him, learning social dynamics and learning the dance of masculine to feminine polarity learning to be a leading man, learning to access his masculine energy and to follow through with that has been one of the biggest struggles and pain points of his life. I literally flew across the world to come help this guy. It was last year, um, just past this time last year in uh, New York, mid last year in New York where I flew across the world and I worked immersively with him for two days. Uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life, but even just to paint the story there, and for those of you that have been watching this channel long enough, I did an entire bootcamp recap video from his bootcamp, and it was titled The Key to Alpha Masculinity, and and how hopefully some of you guys remember that video. It's not live anymore because I had to take those videos down. But that was that this is that's that guy that we're talking about right now. And if you guys remember the main point of that, across, you know, my bootcamp clients are expected to meet anywhere between uh, on the first day, 50 people at minimum, probably 30 to 40, sometimes 50 again on day two, you know, roughly 100 people across two days. And of all those interactions, especially on day one, only once or twice did I ever see him truly access masculine energy. 
And to actually convey to the woman that this is not just some friendly bullshit. This is not just me being a nice guy. But this is, no, this is me because I'm a man and you're a woman. And I want to see what can connect you. Setting the prime frame for organic energy to be exchanged. So he could barely do that. This was last year, July last year. And since then, been working and working. Obviously, I'm back in Australia now. But via online Skype coaching and infield breakdowns and just... He's been putting in so much work and for him to learn these principles takes longer than, than the, even the average person who has to come in and learn social dynamics. It's insane the amount of pain he's been through, but he doesn't give up. He does not give up and he's just, he's never, he's never given up. Oh, man, I, I'm getting too excited here. I gotta, I don't, I'm just gonna hold a few pieces of information, keep this building. And so roughly... I'll say it was about two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. We did an infield breakdown in which that he sent me a whole bunch of clips, a couple of clips actually from uh, a very large session. I think he met 20 people that day. And it was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. For those of you that follow me on Instagram, at Tang one I shared a little bit of that because for every uh, infield breakdown, I record a video summary for my clients so that they can have that with them and take it in and work on when the session's done. And so a part of that video summary, I kind of put on Instagram just a little bit because it was just amazing how he's changed in a year. What a year's worth of work, diligent work, cold human interactions will do to someone in which that when I was there with him in New York, in person, I, I, once or twice I saw him ignite the flame of masculine energy and across a hundred interactions, you know, that's, that's very low level. It's, uh, it's, it doesn't get much worse than that, you know? And then a year later, I'm listening to these interactions. These uh, Breaking Daddy's audio infield interactions. There was one interaction. The first one was with, uh, it was a pretty st- stock standard. There was a few, a few mistakes here or there. But what just smacked me in the face was qualification and the masculine energy right from the beginning. His opening had so much sexual energy and direct intent, which he struggled with so hard. That was his biggest sticking point. Uh, just to let a woman know that he is, in fact, a man that he has masculine intent. But now I was hearing it loud and clear. And then in the second interaction he sent me was a two-set. He approached, uh, well, actually, yeah, he approached two girls in the small. And it was just like listening to myself in terms of the power, in terms of the groundedness in his voice, his unapologetic nature of just saying what he thinks and not looking for approval of it. And the girls were just lighting up, just receiving it and responding. There was so much spark and fire. He leads them off onto an instant date. And uh, and from there, and there's just basically wrapping this bit, this bit up, setting this context of who this guy is. This guy had come from one of the lowest places I've ever seen in terms of social dynamics. He's been in the, he was in the journey for at least a year and a bit before he came to me. And self-admittedly, as, we've, as he's discussed with me, uh, used to follow some less than honorable influences, less than sound minds in this space and was kind of taken off the path for a little bit. But then when he came to work with me and he knew that it was going to be a slog with me, he knew that I wasn't going to let him slide on anything less than supreme excellence as I always uh, aim to achieve with all my clients. The journey has been ridiculously tough for him. So much pain. And the average person will ever experience. And that's what leads into today's story is going to make today's story and the experience he had with this woman uh, trading sex for gifts 
it's just what makes it absolutely incredible. But just reflecting on his infield uh, or listening to him, uh, it was just amazing how much someone can change in a year if they actually want to. So, okay, let's do it. By the way, guys, I see your comments in the chat. I see the super chats. We'll get to those in good time, but I'm just going to roll straight into this story now. Shit. Shit. Let's go. Okay, so this was this was a week and a half or two weeks ago. He sent me this via voice message, and this this guy is not the t- the type of guy to do that normally. So you, kn- I knew it was going to be something very important. And so what I've done here, I'm not going to play the actual voice message just for privacy, but I've transcribed it basically word for word and to make it flow. So here we go. Client sends me this message, this voice message transcribed, and he goes on to say, oh, and by the way, I should say this, his voice was uh, trembling, trembling as he was telling, about to tell me this story and as he was saying this story. Because uh, I'm going to be saying it in a very confident manner, but just put yourself in the minds that actually the voice that's saying this is someone who's a bit shaken, who's a bit rocked, okay? Oh, mama, let's go. <clears throat> A client goes on to say, yesterday, I went out to go and meet some girls to work on the things we had talked about. Pause, that was from the previous info breakdown. That's what he's working on. The final interaction I had of the day, it was this woman I went up to and she was pretty receptive right off the bat. You could tell through her eyes, etc. We talked for a bit, found out that she was from Dubai and she was a student and I progressed it forward. We started walking around the mall. She was pretty down to be honest. So I was like, in quotes, hey, why don't we just go somewhere else and hang out? She responded, yeah, why don't we go grab a coffee? So we went back to my car And we drove to a Starbucks for that. And then we went to a park right next to that. Sat, hung out for a bit. And then I suggested, hey, why don't we go back to my apartment? And she responded, okay, that would be cool. But it was too far away. About one and a half hours, actually. Just pause that there. He has to, because of where he's living right now, he has to drive an hour and a half to get to a place in which that he could even practice uh, cold human interactions and develop his social dynamics. So that's inspirational in and of itself. That he's dedicated enough. And he can only do it once a week as well because of his job. So, resume. So, he suggested going back to his apartment. She said, yes, that would be cool. But it was too far away, an hour and a half. So, she suggests going back to her apartment instead. She... Okay, there we go. So, they drove there. It was close by. They get into the living room. They sit down. Talked. Hanged out, getting to know each other for a while. Found out that she was divorced. Had a couple kids. Not with her, though. Okay. So that, we actually just need to take a, just a slight pause there because that, that might, that's blinding. The speed of what's just happened is blinding. Let me just repackage that. Met a girl, met a woman, random, cold, in the mall, Lights up the flame of masculine and feminine energy. They find there's a good connection here. Suggest that they go off for an instant date. They go sit down somewhere, hang out, go off to a park actually, drive somewhere to a star, get into his car, drive into a Starbucks, go hang out at a park near that. And then 
she and then suggests going back to his apartment. Then she suggests, actually, let's go back to my apartment because it's too far away. Now they're inside her apartment, just chilling, chatting up, getting to know each other. This is a cold human being. Two cold human beings never met each other before in their lives. Yet the space of trust and comfort has already been set up enough for this to be going. He's already demonstrated enough that his uh, masculine role is being honored here. That's blinding speed. Blinding speed. This is happening within a couple hours, no more than a couple hours. So just to re- resume from where we just last left off. They were talking, talking in her apartment, getting to know each other for a while, found out that she was divorced and had a couple kids not with her though. That'll be more important later on in this podcast. At that point, at that point, we were sitting across from each other and I invited her to come sit next to me and she came over, but instead she sits down on me. So we start getting into a bit of foreplay. Eventually I say, let's go to your room. We go. And this was all in the course of just a few hours of having met her. We're in her room. We start getting into it a little bit. Some clothes start coming off. Just before the actual penetration aspect goes down, she says, I want money and gifts. I stopped for a second, kind of confused and say, what does that mean? She replies, in our culture, you have to give money or a gift, but we'll still have sex though. I was still confused. So I asked her, what does that mean? And this is right before we're supposed to do the thing. I was a little taken aback. She went on to explain, I'm a student, I don't have much money, and goes on to say that in the past, it was a cultural thing in Dubai, and that her last marriage was arranged, and she was given a lot of money slash gifts before sex with him. And so her idea of being in a relationship with an American man is her getting gifts or money also. So basically... She was dangling sex right in front of me as we were on the bed, both completely naked. At that point, she's like, we'll still have sex though. You'll give me a gift, right? I guess I could have said, oh yeah, sure. And that would have been it, right? But I said, no, I don't really believe that's right. We're just getting to know each other. We only just met today. So that wouldn't be right to invest so much in someone I barely know. And of course, she didn't like that. We got a little distance from there. She didn't want to do anything more until I agreed to that. But I said, no, it's not what I believe in. Fuck. Oh, story keeps going though. Hang on. Hang on. From there, we stopped. Put our clothes back on. Just as I was about to leave, I sat back down in her living room and she then told me about all these issues she's having in her life. And I said, okay, this is pretty much over, but I gave her advice on what to do because she was basically crying about what was going on in her life. The connection I felt was pretty much over at this point. There was nothing more to do. It was such a strange experience to feel like there was a great connection we were having. We were on the bed, 
And then she drops the bomb on me like that. I could have in the moment said, oh yeah, I'll get you a gift. And we would have done it at that point. But for me, it was a red flag. And just before, just before we were about to have sex, I said, it's just not right. I wanted to get your opinion on these events. Thanks for listening, Adam. I really want to hear your take on this. Oh, oh my gosh. What a story. That is, that is all-time legendary. That is one of the most legendary stories I've ever heard. There's so much hate and emotion building and building inside of me because we're going to go back. There are things that, that we've gone over. I didn't want to take a pause. I wanted to just kind of run the entire story. I'll give the sum now. But it just lights me up. Also, because I know this guy, I flew across the world to work with this guy. I know if you listen to the context of how much he's been struggling, the struggle of his journey. By the way, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. He's a virgin also. He's also a virgin. So that's what makes this so incredible. So let's get the sum here. For the last three or four years, been working on his social dynamics, cold. It takes him so much longer to learn these lessons more than the average person. He's a three to four on that scale that I mentioned before. It was definitely a hard case, right? he's, but he's so dedicated. He's more dedicated than anyone else that I know, and he's just never given up. He's always gone. He's always been on it. He's always been trying to improve himself, and even though things, he, he does ridiculous volume as well, and he's been seeking out the sound guidance, and he does all the right things, but if you're that far low on the journey, and you start that low, you're enduring and your your bill of pain is going to be greater than the average person. But he's accepted that because you can either, you, there's only one thing you can do. You can either accept it or you can decline it. And if to decline means that you just give up on yourself and you give up on life. But he accepts the challenge, not because of how insurmountable it appears, but because of that very fact, because of how insurmountable it appears, that's why we'll get it. That's why he'll go forward and maximize himself no matter how long it takes You'll either succeed first or you die trying. That's what I'm talking about. And so then he keeps walking down this journey. He gets himself to the point where actually he's starting to have interactions with cold human beings that impress me, that make me laugh, that make me get anxious because of the suspense he's building in them, that make me uh, have a quiver in the spirit because of how direct and honest and authentic congruent he's being with these women and these previous info breakdowns I'd heard after a year's worth of work. And then finally, in this moment, final interaction of the day which makes it i didn't even think about that when i was breaking it down myself for him that's even more inspirational it's just it only takes one that's one of the old school principles it only takes one how much it's the last interaction of the day that is one of the best interactions uh best interactions you have in your life and so he meets this woman this attractive woman right from the bat it's on she's showing that i'm down we're getting it here and also so i want to say here as well some of you might think that Oh, well, because she was just a playgirl and because she was uh, just looking to transact that any old shrimp, if any old shrimp had come up, that they could have progressed to that scenario with her. You're wrong. You're dead wrong if that's what you think it is. I've been in person with clients coaching boot camp that have met girls that have been ultra, ultra ready for sexual progression, yet because they did not possess the ability and the confidence, the courage to lead the interaction, to build the trust space, the comfort space, even a woman like this who has forsaken herself, even she would still need to tick off, can I trust him? Will he hurt me? Yes or no? 
And he was, and you have to, that might sound like an easy job if you're a natural, but if you're the social dynamic, lowest of the hardest cases, that's, that's, that's incredible. It's incredible that you could inspire that trust within a woman in such a short period of time, such a short period of time. Even if she was just looking to, you know, uh, transact at the end of it, she's not going to put herself in a position in which that she's going to potentially get raped or sexually abused. She's going to make sure that he's going to be strong enough for that. So he nails that. He leads through the instant date to the point where they get into the car, go drive to the Starbucks. You didn't even got to think about that. This is a random human being. And you say, well, getting into another random human being's car, you know them for like, what, 20, 30 minutes? If that, probably not even that in this story, actually. Probably even five, 10 minutes. And then so they're in the Starbucks. They go to the, they go to the park after the Starbucks. They're chatting up. They're building more connection there. All the while, he's thinking, yes, I connect with this girl. I connect with this girl. And if I said, I told you before, he's a virgin. He's had a few near misses here and there. He's come close with a few different uh, feminine beings before in terms of uh, the full way whole play, but he's still not there yet. And so this is looking like it's shaping up into, you could imagine, like if you're a woman listening to this, if you're a guy listening to this that's had a lot of sexual abundance, you could imagine what it's be like to be mid-20s and you're a virgin and you've been pouring your heart and soul for the last three or four years into cold human interaction to learn... At the beginning, I'm sure when he said that he was getting misled by less than honorable minds in this space, I'm sure just getting laid was at the forefront of his goals when he was under the guidance of others. But the moment he came to me, we we trashed that. We trashed that mindset. Now it's about improving yourself, who you can become, not who you're getting, who you can become. Beings of supreme excellence and that this journey, even though it's far more painful because he probably could have walked a shorter, less painful journey just and forsaken himself to just try and get laid and go seek out a different coach who can try and help him do that. I'm sure there, I'm not, I know there are coaches out there that that's their entire business model and they're very effective at doing it, all right? He also, by the way, comes from a city in the US, uh, not the city he lives in right now, but he spent a good bit of time in Las Vegas and so that's that, that crazy type of environment he was in. And so for him to abstain from all those dark, deep mindsets that would lead him to so much pain in the future, and then to come to someone like me, who's only going to show you the mirror, who's just going to shine that mirror right back at you and go, there will be no shortcuts. There will be no shortcuts with me. You will only receive the harshest of feedback and your mindsets will get broken down to the very fibers to the point of which that you only know who you truly are. There will be no rationalization or scapegoating of, oh no, it's all right for me to just go out and try to get laid because there'll be nothing like this at all. It's either you become a man or we don't do this at all. And that's what it is with me. And so he's there, he's there, he's having this great connection. And that's, this, I had to bring that context because that's three or four years of that. Three or four years of being in the journey of going out random cold human interactions and I'm sure in his heart, I'm sure in his heart, and this is what we discussed in our last Skype session pre this experience was I'm sure somewhere burning in his heart that desire to finally just be done, to just finally get it and not the sex, but the person who would have to, who he would have to be to become the person he would have to be to install the trust and the the confidence that a woman could say, yes, I see you as an attractive being. Yes, 
I trust that you won't hurt me and that this will be something beneficial and amazing for both of us. And to just make that completion, I'm sure over the last three, four years, that's all that's been burning in his heart. And when we were discussing this in our final Skype, in a Skype session just a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, I relayed him a story that I knew would be painful. And this is it. This was it. One of my other clients who's very new to me, he's just completed a 30-day challenge. And this is Patrick Starfish up in Berlin, for those of you who've been following the podcast. And on the fourth day of his 30-day challenge, he had his first ever day two, which then led to another date, which then led to his first ever sexual experience from Cold Approach, which then led to his first ever casual open and free relationship from Cold Approach. Now, he had come from six years of wanting to be out there doing the thing, improving who he is in relation to others, knowing himself in relation to others, and just never done it, had barely approached anyone. But then finally, and it took him like three hours, just takes him three hours to meet five people with this Patrick Starfish. But then it's so early on in his journey, he received the ultimate sexual validation. Right? He, he received the stamp on the hand. And when I was telling the story to the guy that is the basis of this story, we've got to give him a name. I'll, uh, I'll just call him X. I was telling X this story. Because he's had to put in three or four years of ridiculous volume of meeting people, ridiculous time, blood, sweat, and tears in this journey to become that type of person I described before. Yet, then you look at this other guy who literally goes out for four days and achieves more sexual validation, in quotes, than my client, than X has. He achieved more of that in four days and the next preceding couple of weeks than this other guy has, X has, in four years. And I knew I told him that story because of how painful I knew it would be and to see what that would bring up for him. And but I finished it off with this and I said to him, So X, should he just give up then? Should he just give up? Should should Patrick Starfish up in Berlin, who received all this sexual validation so early on in his journey, should he just give up now? Because he's reached his goal or achieved what everyone else in society would say would be the goal to be. And I and and so I take a pause there because he goes, nah, well, no, that doesn't seem right. And I go, well, why not? Well, why not? Because he had previously been describing to me how much he just wants to be done. You know, how much he just can't wait for it to be done. And then actually that might be a bit of a problem when this entire journey is done for him. And I say, well, even though Patrick has achieved more of this sexual validation in such a short period of time, I would not trade that for what you have gained in the last four years. I would not train all the pa- trade. I would not trade all the pain, all the lessons, all of the intestinal fortitude you've been building up over the last four years for that sexual experience that this other client has amassed in four to five, four to five days across a couple of weeks. I would not trade it. I would much rather you go without the sexual validation for years and years at a time if it meant that you would learn to become a man. If it meant that you would learn to be direct, congruent, authentic, set up the trusting, empathetic space that a woman would trust within you, I would not trade all of that just so that you could have a sexual experience in a short moment. <sighs> Hit him hard. So we go back to the story here. He's in this. He's in this Starbucks moment. In this taking the go, gone with from the mall into the Starbucks, drove there at the park. He's finally connected with this woman. He finally thinks that the completion moment is upon us. It's upon me finally. After all these years of, of just pain, of just straight pain, it's time. 
And now I've got to I've got to let go into this. So he suggests to her, let's go back to my apartment. It's a one and a half hours away. But and he sure as hell would not have had the confidence to do that a year ago. Like just even to think about him suggesting that is insane based on how I knew him to be. Remember, out there in New York City in Union Square, meets 50 people in a day, can not even once, barely once convey true masculine intent. Now look at him. Now look at him. And he's there. She, she recognized that it's too far away, so she suggests going back to her apartment. Again, for those of you that think that, oh, that's just because she was looking to uh, transact at the end with the gifts and the money. No, no, no. No woman's going to do that if they don't think that, that the masculine has not provided a certain standard of behavior. Right? Yes, she's, we've got to talk about her later on. There's going to be some class questions about her later on. However, at this stage, it doesn't matter how forsaken her desires and mentalities are. There is a base level of masculine behavior that needs to be set for this to be able to go down. So, and for her to even suggest going back to her apartment. So, they go back to her apartment. Can you imagine? Can you imagine walking into her apartment? He's never done this before. This has never happened before. I don't know that many people that have done this ever. Right, this is insane. The pace, it's happening within a couple hours. What's going through his mind? <sighs> he has the calibration to just sit and talk. He didn't make the mistakes that fucking 19-year-old Adam did, did he? Even though you would think he would be the most susceptible to such mistakes of just rushing in, just Jack Sparrow, swashbuckling, fucking light it up and just running through the door throw over your arms and take her into the bed and start taking your clothes off and rush to it. Pressure, 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 which is what, of course, was my journey at the beginning and how I uh, completely fucked that first sexual experience. If you guys want to know later about that, we can talk about it later. But just know that he... This makes it even more brilliant because he's learning from my pain. He's learning from my pain. He gets in and he just sits and talks. Just sits and talks. So even though this woman is showing extreme levels of of receptivity and and trust in this space. He's like, I'm not going to rush this. I'm not going to rush this. Even though never had sex before in my life, been, never been in this journey for three to four years, never got even... you think that everything would be on alarm bells. No, he has the presence and the groundedness just to sit down in the moment. They talk. It's a, he asks her at a certain point, but he'd be, oh, even more of a principle coming in here. He doesn't forget about leading. So it would have been enough. It would have been an amazing experience, an amazing story, even if it just ended there. But he doesn't forget about leading. He asks her to come sit down next to her because they're sitting across from each other. She sits down on him. Foreplay ensues. That date, that space now where the shift of the level, shift of the energy begins. And now the dance, the real sexual dance begins. After a certain amount of time, takes her into the bedroom. Again, what's going through his mind? Hopefully nothing at this point. But you've got to imagine, there's got to be a lot of nerves going on here. There's got to be a lot of intensity of energy at least. They're taking each other's clothes off, basically naked at this point. Right, tons of foreplay going on. Just before the actual penetration happens, she says, I want money and gifts. What? What? 
the fuck are you talking about? How, it is my, like, what would go through your mind after this experience? In met, we met a couple hours ago, random cold human beings. We went to the Starbucks. We're chilling. It's a great connection. We feel like there's something awesome going on here. Back to her apartment. We've been chilling. We've been talking. It's all been building to this magical connection commune of two spirits and one moment here together. And then she drops the bomb. The fucking bomb of, I want money and gifts. We still have sex though. But money and gifts. Just the short-circuiting, the short-circuiting of what would be going in your mind. Of course, his response is, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Oh, man. I know exactly what that means now. And I'm, he, he, uh, he wanted my opinions. He wanted my thoughts on this story. And we're going to break down what that means. We're going to break down the financial and social security that a woman will trade sex for. We'll break all that down. But just stay in the moment with me here. You're naked on the bed. And she says to you, I want money and gifts. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Just the... the Just rash. Too rash, Mr. Turner. It is an absolute abomination of trust of authenticity, it is an absolute forsaking of herself. And I have no problem with prostitutes. I have no problem with strippers. I have no problem with a woman using her body as a a form of currency. But that was not the stipulated terms and conditions of this interaction. No, it was not. Strippers, prostitutes, they know what it is. You know what it is before you go into that experience. I got no problem with that. She tried to pull fast one. She tried to pull the rug over. She tried to manipulate, blackmail, deceive. It is the level, the height of deception I have never seen before. It's like I'm smiling, but I'm also getting so pumped up. I am so pumped up. I've been listening to the Naruto Shippuden OST soundtrack, just shadow boxing. When I was listening to this, when I was listening to this message, because remember it was a voice message, and he told me about this. I was in the fucking kitchen, just a shadow box, and just throwing left, right, elbows, fucking knees everywhere. Just, just I was so pumped up with what was going on in this situation. Oh, I can't believe she did that. And not only okay, that's the bomb, but the way she tries to rationalize the bomb. It's chato. Because this was this is another level of deception. When she went on to explain, I'm a student, I don't have much money, and goes on to say that in the past it was a cultural thing in Dubai, that her last marriage was arranged and she was given a lot of money and gifts before sex with him. So her idea of being in a relationship with an American man is getting gifts of money also. So in our culture, you have to give money, in her words, or a gift, but we'll still have sex though. Now listen, my friends. As bad as that is, it's what's actually bad about it is the deception of it. In fact, it is the reverse in their culture. In their culture, it is not a matriarchy. It is a patriarchy. Women are treated with such little respect on that side of the world to the point where their dress is determined for them. They have to wear certain headgear. Their behavior, they're not allowed to look at other men in fears of infidelity. 
That have you guys heard of this thing called clitoral mutilation, in which that they sever the clitoris from women at birth, from young female babies. Why? What is it? Because to prevent sexual disease, or is there some logical reason for it? No. No, there's not. It is to prevent infidelity in their eyes. They think that if we remove the clitoris, we remove the possibility of sexual pleasure for the woman so she will not want to cheat on me with another man. That is the origins of clitoral mutilation. That is the part of the world we are talking about here. Where a woman kind of... How about this? How about this? I was literally walking down the street. I'm in Australia. I was walking down the street, but there's a few Muslim people around this area. A few uh, older Muslim ladies and their families. Now, it's been hot as fuck out here in the last couple of days in Australia. Hot as fuck out here. I've been walking around topless. I I don't live at the beach. I'm just walking around the park topless. When it's 36 degrees out, you look ridiculous if you are wearing clothes. Muslim, I would say she's about 45, 50, dressed in full burqa, full, full, full everything. Right? I'm walking by. Yeah, my nips are out. Yeah, I'm feeling the moment. She actively walks directly towards me, but turns her head like so that she can't physically look at me. So she can't actually look at my body or my eyes because I wasn't wearing a shirt. That is the, that is the part of the world we are talking about in which that men have such little respect for women that they treat women as their property, as their objects of property, and that they determine their behavior and what is to be done. So for this woman, why am I bringing this up? In our culture, I want money and gifts because in our culture, you have to give money or gift before having sex. As if, as in the man has to give the woman money or gifts to have sex. The other way around, my friends. The other way around. I have several female clients that have come from similar places in this and have described to me the dowries. The dowry works in reverse, in which that the woman and the woman's family has to has to parlay extreme amounts of financial restitution. There was one female client that I had that was telling me that this was not in Dubai, but this is from a similar part. That with the man she was supposed to be getting married with, she had to fork up 40 G's, 40K to get married with him. The woman's family, she, for the man. It's not the other way around. If you were to go, go out into the streets of Dubai or anywhere in the Middle East and, and tell the men about what this woman said to my client, they would laugh. They would they would pat me on the back and go, Adam, you little fish, you little fish. Like you've had the fast one pulled over you. You're nothing but a core fish. That's what they would say to you. They would laugh in your face at how untrue that is. The level of deception is what I was painting here. Oh. Oh. Now, the arranged marriage is real. The exchanging of gifts is real. But to think that that would somehow apply in some state in America with a guy who is not from your culture, you guys just said... So anyway, we're going to get more into this later. Coming back in the story, he's there naked on the bed. She's basically... I don't know if she's mounted on him, but they're basically about to have penetration. It says, I want money and gifts because it's the culture. 
Because it's the cost. No. No, my gosh. I cannot believe this. Now, but that's not the most unbelievable part. The most unbelievable part is his response. Do you know how easy it would have been to just say to her, sure, I get you money and gifts. Like, fine. And then just have sex. Get her over and done with. As he said, he's like, it was right there. He, like the, That possibility was there. But he chose not to. His authenticity was being challenged. And he stood up to the test. He said, no, this isn't right. I don't believe this is right. She went to coerce and coerce. No, we'll still have sex though. We'll still have sex though. Just give me the money and the gifts. We'll still have sex though. He still refused. He still maintained that principle. When I say direct, congruent, authentic, the principle we are discussing is A, authenticity. What you believe to be is right. What is best for you and what is best for her. And so... Being naked there, like you you really have to put yourself there in the moment. Three to four years, this hard case of all hard cases, the final moment, the moment of completion you would think is finally here, but not this way. In his mind, it's like, it can't be this way. Not this way. What would it mean? What would it mean? Like, so what, you would go home and you give yourself a pat on the back because, because, because any man of lesser fiber would have been pulled into this hole, would have been literally pulled into this hole, this wireless access point. But he stood up. Of all the people you think would break, he stood up. But of all the people I think wouldn't break, I knew he wouldn't. I knew he wouldn't. As I was listening to the story, I was going, nah, he's not going to break. I know he's not going to break. Because, because I've just seen how strong he's become. In my voice message to him, my voice, here, let me just, let me fucking play this for you guys. Let me, this isn't, this, I can play this because this is my voice. Wait, hold up. I'm just realizing that I say his name at the beginning. Chotamate, give me a sec. I'm just going to fast forward it. I'm just going to fast forward it past his name. I want you guys to hear my, my voice response to him. Because there's one key. There's just one key you got to hear here. I'm so pumped up about this. Fucking pumped up. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. Listen to this shit. This is my voice response after two days. It took me two days to send this voice response because I had to listen to this story again and again. You know, his, uh, for my bootcamp clients, they get access to priority messaging and the benefits of the bowl inside for life if they do bootcamp with me, which just means I respond to them within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends uh, for life, right? So... But it took me two days to respond to him for this because I just, I spent days just replaying the story, transcribing it, running myself through it. That's the level. And then I, when I finally responded to him, this is what I responded with. Begin with this message. Where do I begin with this message? So it's taken me a couple of days to get to this because I really just wanted time to digest it all. And I've listened to it countless times and I've even just got done transcribing it so that I could actually read through it piece by piece, and it's, uh, it's one for the ages. It's an absolutely spectacular story. I'll start by saying that, but more importantly, far more importantly than that, than the story itself, it's just how strong you've become. It really just, it lights me up. It blows me away that, as far as I know at this stage, you still have 
yet to pop that virgin cherry in terms of sexual intimacy. Come close a few times, but not seal the deal. And so for you to be in a story like this, literally on the precipice to the point where penetration was right there in front of you, but because something conflicted with your moral value set, that your authenticity was being challenged in that moment. What you believe to be the best decision for you and her. And you stood up to the test. It's nothing short of amazing. It's, it's, it leaves me, uh, it's leaving me speechless for the last couple of days. I remember the first time I was listening to it, I was just shadow boxing around in the kitchen. <laughs> There's one line in there that I wanted to highlight how strong you've become. The strength it was that would have been required. The strength that would have been required to say no to a naked woman there, literally on top of you, and to you and for guys of lower moral fiber could have just lied to her and said, "Yeah, I get your money, get your gifts," and and that would and never see her again. You know, but that's that's what that's what a dark being would do. But even for him, he could have he may have actually meant it. He could have even gone down the path of going, "Yeah, actually, I will get you money and gifts if it means we can have sex." Like. It, it's just the strength, the strength of being that he's become. And that's and it's just amazing that this story happened two weeks after we had that conversation of me saying that I would not trade your last four years of development, your last four years of internal value building for what Patrick Starfish in Berlin had gained in four to five days because of all the sexual validation he'd gained in four to five days. I would not trade your four years because your four years of pain has built you into the strength of person that could be there with a naked woman and say no when she tried to deceive and blackmail and coerce her way through this sexual experience. It's it's like it's like I when I finished listening to this story, this is this this vibe ran through me, this line ran through me of that one day, one day, if he so chooses, he would make the greatest coach. When his journey to unconscious competence is done when he has reached the point in which that uh, there's no more work to be done in this particular area beyond the foundations being built, and you know it's just it's it's just ornaments after that. It's just ornaments after that where you just you know you're just enjoying it after that point, but you've done your hardcore learns. That that's the type of person I would like to have coaching my son, someone who has been through something like that. Oh, mama, it's just outrageous. It's so outrageous. Not that I'm saying that he should become a coach. All I'm saying is because obviously the, the, the ability to break down social dynamics is a different thing, but it's the moral fiber I'm talking about. And he could be just, just a leader in some respect. That's a leader there. That's, what the, that's the foundation of leadership, of true, true fiber. It's just so damn good. So puts his clothes back on. Puts his clothes back on, gets back out of the living room. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. All right, because she got salty with him. She got salty because he wasn't willing to. And now I guess the class Q and A is about to begin. Class Q and A will now begin. This is where I can now start throwing you guys some questions. But let me just pause those questions and just finish the story and just say that he had the he had the chops. He had he had the incredible nature 
to actually sit down with her afterwards and help her through her pain. Because this woman has, has arrived at this place in some way as un, uh, outrageous and ridiculous her actions and behaviors have been. She still deserves forgiveness. Absolutely. But he didn't have to in that moment. He could have taken some time and he could have never had to speak to her again. But he sits down there in the living room after having been spiritually betrayed by her. Sits down and helps her through her pain. What? That's that's what I'm talking about. It's like, that's the full play. That is not only direct, congruent, authentic, but finally, the trust and empathy over time. The trust and empathy over time. This story has all of it from the moment they met, the direct intent to meet, the congruency to flow through his actions externally to the authenticity authenticity for the internal decision to not get fooled by the sex and the gifts and the money. And then, but to not just peace out as a lot of people would have, as a younger Adam would have, I certainly would have. Like I wouldn't, at a younger stage of development, I would not have taken the time to sit with her and ha- and listen to her cry and listen talk her through her pain and help her help herself in that way. You know, that's a much later stage of development of Adam. And it's something I'll do today, but it was certainly not 19-year-old Adam. It was certainly not back in the beginning. But he stays there, stays there and says, listen, the connection's over. There's nothing you're going to say here that's going to change this, but I will help you because you're a human being. And it's just outrageous. It's just outrageous. It's, it's like the epitome in a story, in a micro story of the the perfect journey, all the pain, all the pain. And notice how the perfect journey has nothing to do with what he gets. It's all about who he becomes. Fuck the fish. Learn how to fish. Fuck eating today. Learn how to eat for life. Teach yourself, right? Teach yourself what it means to be able to produce for life. He could have eaten the fish today. And no, he would not have gone hungry today. But he learned something far more valuable. How to fish for life. Principles for life. Oh, okay. I think that's where we're in the story and we're into class Q&A. Because now the class q and there's nothing to talk about with him. There are no red flags in this story with him. There are no red flags in this story. That's what's so incredible. There is nothing I would change. There is nothing I would do differently. I have... I don't think I've ever said that once in 180 podcasts. Maybe once. Maybe there has been a story somewhere from another client who did so well, at least in one micro moment, that I say there are no red flags on his part. But I can, I, it's, it's, it's so far and few between that I can't even recall it. But in this story, there is nothing to break down on his 50. It is absolute perfection. I right, when I say perfection, yes, things you can always do things a little bit better, but in terms of the the foundations of what needed to happen, there's just no, there's nothing can be faulted. That's that's it. There's nothing can be faulted. You can always improve upon things, but if you have an experience where nothing could be faulted, that's amazing. That's outrageous. I keep saying that word. I keep saying that word. It's what it is. So the class questions and the red flags that you guys are going to learn from are going to be about her because the story is littered with red flags for her. Her mindsets, understand. And yes, I said before, we're going to talk about what kind of gifts that women trade sex for. Financial security, social security. 
not to be confused for my friends in the US with your idea of social security. Not talking because that you would perceive that as financial. I, li- I mean that in the literal definition of a social romantic uh, interactions with other people security. Oh, fuck. So, wow. Let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment to honor one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my life. Uh, honor someone who has been through more pain than any of you know, than, than even really I know, but I have a closer window to it because I've worked with him for a couple of years, flew across the world to be with him. Uh, for any of you that think that shit, I'm, you thought you were low? No, no, no. You thought your journey was hard? No, no. You think it's fucking hard because you have to go out there and because you struggle to meet five people? No, no, no. <clears throat> it's like for all of my clients who are five and above on the scale of zero to 10, that's why I give you such a little sympathy. I have a lot of empathy, but I have no sympathy for people that don't even come close to being a hard case. And you know, they deal with these problems. I say, you know, journey is always, the journey will always be your journey. And I know that your pain is just your pain, but on an objective sense, this guy has dealt with more pain than most people know. And let's just honor his outstanding execution. No red flags. He was direct, congruent, authentic the entire way to the point where he even added on the final two pillars of trust and empathy at the very end and allow for repair. It's just, it's just amazing. So, wow. Let's, uh, I'm going to dive into the chat now. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this content, if you could hit the thumbs up down below on this video, that would be most appreciated. Just help support everything that's going on here. <clears throat> We're going to get to open Q&A in good time, but I see that there is one super chat uh, and that will be addressed when we get to open Q&A, but we've got class Q&A that's about to begin now where we're going to go hard on this girl. We're going to go hard on breaking this shit down. So let's, let me address some of you in the chat though before we do that. Ito's Lemma comes in saying, let's go, full stop. Yes, sir. I'm going to just call you Ito. Uh, Jesse Pinkman comes in with the first super chat of nine dollars ninety. Sorry, nine ninety nine pounds. I was so used to saying dollars, nine ninety nine pounds. Saying, "Hey, it's Jay, the guy from last podcast. I've been following you for a while, and just want to thank you for taking the time to consider my situation and offering your insight." That's Jay from from last podcast. That's the Jay from the burning of the of the bridge. Jay, and, you've, and now I know his name's actually Jesse. So Jesse, thank you very much uh, for that donation. Later on in open Q&A, if you have a follow-up question or you have any other questions, yours will be addressed first. I'll give more time to it, but it looks like you're just sharing love there. But of course, you might, uh, you might have things pop up later on. You'll definitely get to go first. So thank you very much for that donation. It really helps to support what's going on. And uh, thank you for those words. The words are incredible. Uh, T, a.k.a. Takumi-kun, comes up in here saying, What's up, legends? Haha, ha, psych. What a story. Oh, that was in reference to the woman dropping the bomb. Yeah. <clears throat> Jay New comes in, a.k.a. Johnny Nguyen comes up in here saying, I can definitely attest that this guy blows my mind with how far he's come and the way that he handles himself. <clears throat> can also relate to having the best interactions Right when I'm about to call it a day and go home. Yeah, so this is the final interaction of the day as well. Oh. Jay New then goes on to say, the dedication of this man makes me want to meet him and pour him some tea as we chop shit and play chess. Or as Takabuku would say, 
Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> Paid the fans to rake the leaves. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh, Jay, Jesse, I'll call him Jesse. Jesse also then come and saying zero to hero. That's it. That's it. Zero to hero. Ito comes in saying X's journey is X's journey. Shout out to Patrick Starfish. Starfish though. Yeah, they're both, they're both winning. They're both winning. When I was uh, telling that story before of the contrast between Patrick Starfish up in Berlin, the short sexual validation story, and then the four-year pain, like, that doesn't make the journeys any better or worse. It's just the contrast. It's just contrast. Takamiya then comes in saying, I think I got validated pretty early in my journey, but it actually sent me backwards because I didn't learn the foundations properly and got very selfish. Fucking nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not even going to add to that. That's just very well said. Jay New then said, as someone who has made the mistake of forsaking my consistency and development for egoic satisfaction and paid dearly for it, I have all the respect for X. I had to learn from the pain on my own path. I had to learn from the pain on my own path. Again, well said. Well said, Jay. Sal comes in here saying, good afternoon, sensei. That was fucking clean. Good to have you here, Sal. Uh, Ray Singh. Oh, Ray Singh is up in here saying, incredible story, Sensei. These live streams are always a great learning experience. Ray, I have not seen you in a live stream in what feels like a year. It can't be a year because we've only done a year's worth of sessions. Uh, so probably half a year. It's been a long time. Good to have you. Takumi then comes in saying, reminds me of the Four Horses Zen story about how the least talented student learns the lessons to the marrow of the bones. I don't even know that story. Tuck me, uh, maybe not in this session. Maybe an open Q&A if you could post that story. If it's a long story, don't worry about it. Maybe just send it to me on Instagram or something. I'll research, I'll, I'm going to research it anyway, but that's a good one. It sounds like. Ray then went on to say, if she's getting with guys for free, you shouldn't be paying her a fee. <laughs> it's not a bad rhyme, actually. Uh, any methods to properly screen her through this type of behavior? i.e. avoiding the SMP trap, simp trap. Listen, Ray, I've heard this term called simp. I don't know what it means. I, the best I can conjecture is that it means the Simpsons trap, maybe the simpleton trap. You're a simpleton. Is that what it means? I don't know what simp means. But uh, we can definitely get into screening her th- through this type of behavior. We, I'll get to that uh, as we start to get into class Q&A. If I don't get to it, just remind me a little bit later on. Ah, Let's do it. So that, that uh, catches us up. We're going to hit into class Q&A now. Basically, this is a time where I'm going to school you guys. We're going to test you guys. We're going to see if you've been paying attention. We're going to see what you know. We're going to give you a chance to learn, to grow. Yeah. I'm pumped up. I am pumped up. <laughs> How could you not be after a story like that? That is a legend of legend stories. Okay. <clears throat> So, where do we even begin with her? Let's go back. Uh, where, where do we begin this class Q and A? I remember there was saying. I remember, I remember saying, I was about to hit you with the first, the first point. Just give me. Just take a breath here, because there's so much to unpack. I'm just trying to filter through the things that I've already said to you guys that I know you would know the answers to 
and that I don't, that, that would be just too easy of a question to ask you. But when we look at it from her perspective, that's where we really want to get. That's what we want to get here. What is she trading? So what is she trading for? What is she trading for is more important. So she's using, ah, here we go. Here's the first question. Why is it, okay, class Q&A begins here. Why in this story is it a forsaking of herself? That's what we need to understand first because that leads to the pain later on. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Why in this story is it a forsaking of her? Why is it an issue? Yeah, no, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there because anything more that I say, <clears throat> it's a pretty easy question. And I like to start off your class Q&A pretty easy. But why is, how did she, how, how did she forsake herself? Huh. Huh. See who's got the answer to that in the class Q&A. Drop your answers in the chat there below. But I want to open it up with this because this is what leads on to understanding what happens after, what happens, oh yes, and that was the other bit. So while you guys are dropping your answers in the chat, I just want to get to that part of the story. I'm just getting the story up here for those of you who are on the audio podcast. Ah, yes. Okay, so I've already got the second question lined up. So first question, why was it a forsaking? How did she forsake herself? Put your answers in the chat there. I don't need essays, but I want your best idea. By the way, guys, be courageous with your answers. Stand behind them. Just give me your best idea. It's okay if you're wrong. Actually, that helps you to learn more. And while you guys are dropping your answers in the chat, some of you guys are saying in the chat, LK Yun. LK Yun says, Simp is a slang insult for men who are seen as too attentive and submissive to women, especially out of a failed hope of winning some entitled sexual attention or activity for them. Okay, I get that explanation. Thank you very much, LK Yun. I've never seen you in this chat either, so welcome. Uh, I just call you LK. But what? But what? What is it? Why is it called simp? Is it short for simple? Like you're just too simple? That's a good explanation, though. And then T is then dropped of the four horsemen story, which is not quite relevant to what we're talking about right now, because we've got our first answer to the class Q and A question. But I will read that a little bit later on if I don't forget. Just remind me. Okay, so the first answer to the first question. Is from Ray Singh saying, the way that she forsaked herself, that's, well, that's, the answer, that's the question, his answer is deception and leading the fella on. Not a great premise for an interaction with anyone. I definitely agree with the final bit, but in your beginning, Ray, saying deception and leading the fella on. What part particularly? What part particularly? Because if you were paying close attention to the story, it's not quite... There's elements, there's moving elements to the story that you need to understand for later on that will only give you the potential to understand how she responds later on. So yes, I agree with you in macro, deception leading for sure, but what deception leading? You have to be very specific with it because there's a couple moving parts there. There's more than one is what I'm saying. Takumi then comes in saying, I'd imagine asking for money to get sex would feel very unloving towards myself, forsaking my integrity and self-love. Very good. Takumi comes with a specific. I like that. 
Definitely. So he's hit one of the angles we want to touch on, which is that the forsaking of integrity and self-love. So he's talking about an internal an internal forsaking of what could be there. As in what's being left on the table, what's not being accessed, accessed, what's not available to her, which is that self-love and that that standing on two feet, knowing that and mm, I'll pause that there, because then that that leads us on to the next question. But let's just say that T's nailed one half of it. Think about the forsaking. I just want to see if anyone hears the other half. Jay Nguyen then comes in saying not. I'm not sure what you mean, Joe. He also, Jay also gave an explanation for the simp saying simp is Gen Z slang for someone trading futile effort for gifts, money, etc. for some kind of validation. Interesting. Interesting because uh, I don't understand what the word simp is though. Like the actual word simp. I get the principle now. I just want to know what the word means, um, where it comes from. So anyways, guys, back here in the class q and I'm still looking for the second half of the forsaking. What did she forsake? Yeah, she forsook. She forsook. Forsook? She forsaked her ability to have strong self-esteem, strong self-confidence, and the ability to love herself. She threw that away. The moment that she asked for money or gifts, she threw that away. But what's really important to note there is that, but hang on a second, Adam. Didn't you say before you're okay with prostitution and you're okay with uh, strippers and women using their bodies as a means of currency? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If they're using it under a direct premise, a direct premise in which it is understood that this is the exchange, that this is the communication, that we're all on the same board here. But the reason why it's a forsaking for this girl on that part of it anyway is because that was not the T's and C's. That was not the exchange of communication happening between them. So she actively knew she was doing something that was deceptive. She actively knew she was doing something that was going to put him into a position of of breaking himself. She actually set up the grounds and environment in which that he could experience trauma. So not only is she forsaking, have I just given you this second half of the answer? <laughs> God, I guess. Uh, anyways, but if you guys aren't getting it by now, it's I'll just roll on through it. But yeah, th- that's I kind of have already. <laughs> Fuck, that's all right. Uh, Jay then comes in saying, "Simpleton is the origin." Yes, okay, Simpleton. Thank you for that. He also then says she also shows an extreme lack of empathy, making X a means to her end. That that is true. That is definitely true. There is no empathy going on there, and that does speak a little bit to what I just said about about she actually set up the environment for pain. She actually gave birth to that for him. Like she doesn't know what that would do to him. Oh man, we haven't even touched that, have we? She doesn't even she doesn't even know what that's going to do to him. She doesn't know his story. She doesn't know all the pain he's been through. She set up, but at the same time we're so grateful for it. I'm so grateful that she said that she was so dark about it because it just proves how strong his light was. So at the same time it's a bit of a catch 22. And I said this in uh I said this in one of my meditations I was working on last week. You only get to know how strong you are when you've been tested. So seek the test and see the strength. Okay. And then that actually brings me up to answer one of Ray's questions, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, T. T then comes in saying, also she gave up a genuine connection with X and the joy of having a good partner in your life outside of yourself. 
outside yourself. Yes. Yes. You guys are all hitting great points here. These are all great points. It just doesn't hit quite hit the darkness, which is what I was tapping on before. Let's just zoom back out here because I want to get too in the weeds of this. This was kind of just a beginning question, but you guys are kind of leading on to further questions. T was the closest. I give T gold medal because that, he was the closest in hitting at least half of it in which that she forsake the ability to love herself in which that she actively led a being into a position of pain. Without deception, not only she will never be able to love herself when she actively makes decisions to hurt others. Just because, just because you lock the door as someone is burning in a house of fire and say, hey, I didn't set the fire. What? Or you just chose to walk by. You know, I, I was walking by. The door was like, I could have opened the door. I know, I guess I could have opened the door, but I didn't. That doesn't absolve you for a responsibility. Same thing going on here. She may be thinking, well, you know, it's like, he, it was his decision. You know, I wasn't actually trying to hurt him. It's like, you were setting up the space. You set up the space and you knew that you could potentially cause this being long-term pain, long-term trauma. So it's very hard to love yourself if you know that you're actively taking those actions. Absolutely. I tell you very well. We built on a little bit to it, but you pretty much took us there. So well done there. But there's another, there's another part of the forsaking that's going on here. Something that you guys have missed. The culture. The culture. Did you guys uh, not... I gave quite a bit of attention to this, didn't I? I went pretty hard on this part of the story about how she pretty much told him the complete opposite knowing that he probably had no knowledge of how their culture actually works. She was in a position in her point, in her mind, of power. I'm a naked woman. I've got a naked man here. He can't have sex with me until I say so. And by the way, at this point, she knew because some of you might go, oh yeah, but he could have physically overpowered her. That's not this type of guy. And she knows that. She knows that he's not this type of guy. Otherwise, she wouldn't be in this position. She knows that he's got a kind heart. She knows that he's got a sweetheart. He knows that she knows that he thinks this is going to be a genuine connection. So she actively lies about the cultural stipulation of why that this is okay. She, her rationalization for why that this behavior is okay is because this is how it's done in her culture. Now, apart from the objectivity of that, well, this is not your culture, so throw that out the window immediately. Check that straight out the window because we're not in Dubai. We're not in the UAE, not in the Middle East. So in the same way that I don't force you to walk around, walk around in a burqa here, you shouldn't be trying to force me to walk into your cultural stipulations of sex. That's on one part. But on the second part, it's not even true. It's not even true, the rationalization she was giving. In fact, it couldn't be further from the truth. As I described before, women treated with the lowest of respect in those parts of the world to the point where they are property. They are seen as property and their behavior is, is uh, deemed accordingly. So for her to be there in that position of power in her mind, this is the second half of the forsaking. So not only in the first half, She's forsaking the ability to love herself because she's causing pain to the other potentially in the long play. But she's also forsaking the part of herself that knows what's right and what's true. She's forsaking the part of herself that 
that blends or that determines the line between good and bad, good and evil, from right and wrong. That if you're willing to forsake this, what else are you willing to forsake? You know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So there's a little bit of a long play for her her as well. She's training behavioral patterns. She does this one way, she's going to do other things the other way. This is not going to be an isolated element in her life. This is the way that she's going to walk through life in general. So that's the second part of the forsaking I wanted to get to was the cultural lying. The lying about what's going on in the culture to rationalize it. Now, hopefully you guys can understand that, which leads us to question two. Question two, you guys got to sharpen up though. I can't believe you missed that. <laughs> can't believe you missed that. That's a very obvious one. In fact, that was the low-hanging fruit. You guys kind of tackled some things that were a little bit more esoteric. So, second question. Why did she get shitty? For those of you in the chat, class Q&A too. Why did she get shitty? Why did she arc up and get distance and not happy when our man X declined? When our man X said, hey, this is not right. I don't believe in this. <clears throat> we can't do this. And he, he's not the type of guy to get angry. I'm sure he was just shocked. He's like, no, I'm sure the best, because I've actually been in person with him for several days at a time and worked with him for a couple of years. The way it would have sounded, I'm sure, would have been like, no, I, I don't think that's right. You know, I don't think that's right. You know, he's, he's a gentle, he's a calm guy, a gentle guy. Uh, he's, I wouldn't say he's an absolute soft shell crab, but at the same time, he's, he's not fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger either. So he's you know, somewhere in the middle in terms of his demeanor of energy. But I know for sure he would not have got aggro with her. <coughs> he would not have got aggro with her. So you can eliminate that right there for that's why maybe she got a little bit shitty because he may have reacted a little aggressively. No, 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 no. That is not this type of guy. That is not the way that he described it. Especially if you had heard the actual voice message. He was shaken up. He was shaken up. You can imagine being betrayed by a woman like this in the moment, being deceived like this. He was shaken. You could, it's, it's, it's actually something out of a movie. You cannot imagine this happening in any other way. It's like real life, but it is real life. So why did she get shitty? This is the second thing we didn't understand, which leads to question three to help to understand her, to understand her pain. That's where we are in this podcast. We're trying to understand what would lead a woman to doing this. We're trying to understand her behavior in the moment. So why would she get shitty? Why would she arc up when he declines this? Uh, I, I'm not going to, yeah, pause it there. Guys, I'll give you guys the answer. By the way, guys, if you're up in this chat and you're enjoying it, just drop a thumbs up down below. Most appreciated. Helps everything out. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, uh, feel free to drop comments in post as well. I always come back and read them. If you can't make it live. LK had come in saying she may have set up an environment for pain, but we also don't know what her environment is. He doesn't know her story either. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that, okay, because we actually do know a lot of her story. Moved from Dubai, divorced, had two kids, and she's shown us a lot. So, of course, he doesn't know all her story, but I'm not sure what you're trying to say. It's almost as if you're trying to defend her, even though her actions are 100% undefendable, as we are breaking down here. 
But it's interesting you mentioned that because that will come more into play what you've said there in the third part, in question three, when we talk about what happens after this. So interesting. Jay New then comes in saying, oh, I just imagined the dark case in which this was a revenge fantasy for her, lashing out at a man who did nothing wrong, considering she completely twisted the cultural context. Very true. That's a, that's a very deep, dark one. That's a very deep, dark one. Absolutely. The revenge fantasy is real, uh, Jay New. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, women that have been hurt before and that have not resolved that pain and they allowed the scar and the wound to fester. We last week with uh, Jesse, who dropped the um, super chat at the beginning of this, some of you last week thought that the woman he was dealing with potentially could have been trying to cuck him. And even though I didn't think that was her, I really didn't think that was the type of woman she was, I definitely did say that it is possible, though. There are definitely women that are out there that love to have power over men, that love to treat men and to find men that are of weaker fiber and to treat them like shit and to have them on a uh, foot and knee, bend and knee. In this position, I can definitely see a, p- a potential scenario that Johnny has brought up here in which that she could have been, because she mentioned the divorce before, the two kids, and what was going on in the previous arranged marriage. Maybe she was treated really poorly in the past. Maybe she was uh, abused in the past horrifically. And that now this is her way of uh, getting uh, retribution. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Uh, Ito then comes in saying she's done it, but she's done it before without failure. Ah, okay. So we've got the first answer to question two here, which is the next, the question we're on, which is what made her arc up? Why would she get shitty with him when he declined uh, her T's and C's and her uh, betrayal and betrayal of uh, trust and authenticity in the moment? Ito's first potential answer, his first answer is, well, she's done it before without failure. So there's a question mark on the end of that, which means it's not actually an answer. It's just a question. So uh, Ito, it's okay. Stand behind your uh, answers. Make them full stops, not question marks. But let's say that you had made that a true answer. Definitely, if this is a pattern behavior. If Let's say that you're confident in that and think that, well, what if she's done this before, other guys? Because, my friends, does this sound like a once-off? Does the nature of her behavior sound like a once-off that it was just a on a whim, on a fly, that she decided to do this? You've actually brought up something quite, uh, quite interesting here, Ito. I don't think so, eh? It does not sound like something she just decided on a whim let that of all of her other previous past sexual experiences, that she has been wholesome, true, direct, congruent, authentic, trusting, empathetic with all her previous partners. The calculation, the calculation and precision of when she decided to break the T's and C's of this masculine to feminine interaction is is very high level. It's very high level. It is premeditated. She waited until they were both basically completely naked, about to go into full penetration, literally on the cusp, on the precipice of that, and then decides at that moment, this is when I'm going to drop that bomb. So Itzo is coming with a nice thought line here. I wish I could give you a gold medal for it. I can't because you put a question mark on the end of it, which means it's not an actual answer. But let's say it had been an actual answer. She's done it before without failure. I would put large sums of money that she has definitely done this before and also without failure. 
But that's not exactly why she would arc up. That's not exactly why. I definitely agree with both of them, though. In terms of this is definitely premeditated. This is definitely something that she's run before. However, I would not go... It's not the core. It's not the core of what makes her go sour, go salty. What makes her arc up. There's something else that's happening in the arcing up. Something much deeper than, than that. But I just love that thought line you brought up, Itzo. Because that brings a great angle in. Jay New then comes in saying... He invalidated her position of power or her illusion and facade of confidence. Hence the breaking down that promptly followed. Alrighty, let's go. So this is uh, half, the, I'll give you half the pie, but this is a very good half the pie right here, Jade New. When Jade New says that he invalidated her position of power, Jay picked up on a piece, a word that I've been saying, peppering throughout this podcast in when discussing this moment. She was in power. She was in control. She had power. She's in a position of power. Something I've said a few times, actually, position of power, at least in the way that our society deems it, because she knows that he's not a physical threat. He's not that type of guy. She's ascertained that at this stage in the interaction. So she knows there's very little chance that this is going to have very little physical consequence. She knows. So she's pretty confident that this is going to go down. That's why it's so premeditated and precise that she's chosen to drop the bomb at this moment. So what happens when that illusion, as Johnny has very nicely said, that facade of confidence is destroyed? Johnny has said breakdown. Now, Johnny, you need to describe to me, the reason I'm only giving you half a medal here, half the pie, is because you haven't described what the actual breakdown is. What you've done very well is to describe the inception of the breakdown moment. But what I need to know and what we all need to know and what she needs to know is what actually is breaking down. The illusion and facade of confidence, yes, but that's too general. It's the confidence in what? The illusion, the, what does that illusion actually look like? What is it? What is the illusion? What is the facade? Position of power, that's, it's, again, too general. There is something very specific that is being broken down that describes the breaking down far more specifically. And I think you'll get it, Jay. Takumi comes to saying, I agree with Jay Nu. And I love that you wrote it with the Vietnamese writing. That's good shit. Uh, Jay then came and saying she's showing her the light of truth and of being true to yourself and this is causing her to short circuit as if he shoved a mirror up to her ugliness yes, that's what I'm talking about <laughs> okay so Jay has given us the second half that's what I'm talking about it's so well said so well said so he was too general at the beginning when he said that there was a breaking down that promptly followed I need to know what that breakdown is. When he then goes on to say that he's showing her the light of truth and being true to yourself, that is what is breaking down. The reason why she arcs up is because she thought her, and she has rationalized, you got to get into her mindset. you got to feel her for a second. She thinks that this is acceptable behavior. She thinks that regardless of how much pain she's been in the past, that does not excuse this absolute abomination of social dynamics does not excuse it at all but she somehow rationalized it as to being like this is acceptable that i can do this that i can live with myself like this what rationalizations a human being has to make in order to live with that decision are twisted at the least twisted at the least she would have to completely if not completely ignore the potential pain she's setting up for him 
and not only in the short-term acute, but also the long-term uh, chronic. But she either completely ignore that or somehow rationalize that as being healthy for him. It, it is not going to be rational in any way, sense or shape. It's just not going to happen. So she's somehow, though, said that this is acceptable and convinced herself to the point where she's actually going to act upon it to the point where they're naked. It's literally just about to happen. She was going to go through with it. She was about to drive the proverbial knife through the heart. She was that close. She would have gone through with it if he wasn't strong enough to stand up to it. When he reflected back to her, in Jay News' words, the ugliness, in my words, the true depth of her darkness. When he reflected back the true depth of her darkness, how far off she has gone, how far off the path she has fallen. As we've discussed many times in these podcasts, my friends, there's only two ways to receive that type of feedback. The ego can only respond two ways. It's always going to be a self-interpretation, either one on the positive end or one on the negative end. Positive end on the sense of, shit, I've, I've been fucking up. I'm realizing that this is not the right thing to do, that I should never have put you in this position. I can't believe what I just said. I'm so sorry. And just, shit, I'm an absolute piece of shit. And she would have run out the door crying. She would have run out the door crying and she would have self-interpreted it in a way that is self-destructive. And that's the positive, by the way. That's the positive end. Because she's not going to hurt and cause any more pain to anyone else. She's going to feel a lot of pain within her, but not to anyone else. We've saved, she's at least saved causing pain to others. And she runs out of the room. Or there's the other end of self-interpretation, negative. <coughs> Which is what we saw today. Her ego didn't like that. When the true light, when the true reflection of her darkness, the depth of how dark she is, had been pushed back right to her, unavoidable. She could, there's backs against the wall. There's no left or right. You're in such a raw moment with a naked human being. You've essentially pot committed. You have put all your chips in and it's either, it's either it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a complete bust or you're going to take home the house. It's going to be one of the two. She's left herself no other options. She went full bust. She went 100% bust. Her entire world is now set on fire because the depth of darkness has been revealed back to her, reflected back to her. So instead of self-interpreting that in the positive sense, in terms of just internally, now she reflects it back out externally because the ego now says, fuck you. It's fuck you. That's her reaction essentially is going that, well, I acknowledge that yes, actually I see the darkness. I see that I'm absolutely fucking up. I see that I'm betraying the trust that was supposed to happen here in this organic space of masculine to feminine interaction, of sexual polarity. But hey, you're the one who showed me that. You're the one who put that mirror in my face. So fuck you. That's why she arcs up. She's not actually arcing up at first at the revelation of her darkness. That's not what's happening at first. What's happening at first, that comes in the long play. That comes when she goes to bed that night. That, come, that goes on later on down the track. But in the acute moment, what she arcs up against is the person holding the mirror, which is X. When X showed that mirror by staying true to his principles, direct, congruent, authentic, particularly the authenticity principle, making the internal decision that's best for both of them, he's the one that's holding that mirror. And when he stands strong like that, she can only, in that if she's going to interpret that way, she can only throw it back at him. 
She can only do that. So that's where the arcing up comes from. Now, this is perfect because it segues us into question three. You guys were much better with this question. You guys struggled with question one, but question two, you guys done well, particularly Jay. Moving on to question three of understanding her. The story didn't end there, did it? What happened afterwards? He got up, put his clothes back on, and left the room. Left her in the room. As he goes out to put his shoes on as he's in the living room, she comes back out, breaks down in tears. The chronic play is starting to come in now. The chronic reflection. We've, I have essentially already given you the answer, I've realized, but I'd like to see if any of you have a slightly different interpretation or some slightly new realizations on it. Now, if you understand the short-term arcing up and the short-term chronic acute pain, why would she start crying and breaking down and essentially deluging all of her life's issues to him? She just attempted to fuck him over in the metaphorical sense to the highest degree, but literal and metaphorical. She just attempted to pull the ultimate level of deception, the ultimate level of betrayal of what should have been an organic space between two human beings. In, the, in, in, in a space of five minutes, hits the complete flip and starts breaking down in tears and opening up about her entire life to him and all her life issues. It's like, what? What? How could this be? How could this be? My friends in the, in the class chat here, how could this be? What's going on here? Why is she doing this? Why would she do this? She was just the epitome of darkness. Now, now she's as weak as a broken puppy. Now she's a broken, a, a broken infant that has lost control of herself and has nothing to stand on. Why is this? How could this be? How could someone ex- experience such an extreme flip from dark power play to broken infant? How do you go from such extreme ends? It's not even like part of the scale. It's literally the end the darkest of power plays to the weakest of infant. How does that happen? If you're paying a lot of attention before, you're probably going to get this very quickly. But I just want to see if any of you have any new realizations or any new understanding of how this could happen. Because if you can understand this, it makes even more powerful what he does in this moment. Because we'll talk about that to wrap it up and then get to open Q&A. Okay. Okay. Give me some answers to that. Come back up in the chat here. Ray's saying and answered the previous question saying, he didn't want to play her game just as other men previously did. That's conflicting with her reality. On point. On point as well. That the foundations of the way she perceives reality are being shaken. Definitely. Jay knew really hit it in the nail on the head. Uh, Jay had come and say her breakdown was possibly her ego trying to reconcile her actions, pain, and excuses. What was me, victim mentality? We already covered all this. Uh, Takumi, I wonder if she gave off red flags earlier in the day that X didn't notice. Okay, T and Racing have brought up the same thing now. T- Takumi has said, I wonder if she gave off red flags earlier on the day that X didn't notice. And Racing had previously asked, how do we screen for this behavior in a woman to prevent this? 
We're going to get to this after this question. That'll be question four. But let's stay focused on question three here. How does one go from the extreme ends of dark power play to weak infant? How does that happen? Takumi then went on to say, that reaction reminds me of a conversation I ever heard on a train between a mother who told her son, you are an alcoholic, you need help. And he said, fuck you, saying that makes me drink. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, the self-interpretation and the, self, the egoic reflections. Definitely. That's a nice one. I like that too. Ray Singh then comes in saying, massive cognitive dissonance. She's realized that the darkness within her has taken control and cannot accept that. <coughs> Ray, is that an answer to question three? It sounds like that's an answer to question three. I'm not sure when you drop that. Uh, in terms of how does she flip so wildly? The reason why I think that is in reference to question three is because you said cognitive dissonance. Um, which is very relative, because I agree, 100%. And that actually goes to something that one of you had said a little earlier. Uh, actually, no, it's what Ray had said a little earlier, the breaking of reality. That's when cognitive dissonance kicks in the most, in which that you're going to try and rationalize the unrationable in evidence of what you thought was true is not. So when she experiences that, and complain of what Ray was saying, she realized that the darkness within her has taken control and cannot accept that, that makes her flip. You're kind of half-baked there, Ray. You're kind of half-baked. That gives me half a little bit. It doesn't give me the crying part, though. It doesn't give me the weak infant. You've explained very well what happened in the moment of her dark, dark realization, which makes me think that's not an answer to this question, actually. So anyways, we'll move on. It's not there. It's not there. Jay Nu then comes and saying, take the metaphorical question mark off my last response. When faced with darkness, some people revert to a childlike state of defenselessness, seeking care and empathy as a baby throwing a tantrum. This is a Hail Mary from the ego to forego guilt, though. Here we go. Here we go. Now we're getting some... Jay, you're on point today. You're on point today. You're very bipolar. Last week, you were off on a lot of the questions. This week, you're very on. Pretty much everything you said has been on point, and these last two you've been on have been very much on. When Jay says they're reverting to a childlike state of defenselessness, seeking care and empathy as a baby throwing a tantrum, because it's the ego attempting to forego guilt. <clears throat> the truth of what you're saying there cannot be understated. Cannot be cannot be any more brought to highlight. <clears throat> no one's denying the pain that she's gone through that's led to her to this point. We'll get to that later. No one's treating her as a alien. None of us here, and I would not encourage any of you to see her as a as a uh, unforgivable entity. <clears throat> we'll forgive her for this. But we will not forget, which is why we get these lessons. She deserves forgiveness as anyone does. However, before all that, we have to unpack the mistakes, the red flags, too, in order to get those lessons so they are not repeated. In this one here, the reason why I wanted to bring this up was that you may have thought, listening to this story, that her coming back in 
breaking down in tears and deluging all of her life's issues to him was a good thing on her part. Oh, it's her showing remorse. Is it though? Nanja, is it her showing remorse? Why is it just because someone cries that we assume it's coming from a wholesome, positive place? Jay has said something very interesting here. An attempt from the ego to forego guilt. You see this with children all the time. You see this with children all the time. When they know they've done something wrong and they know that they're about to get punished and their last ditch effort is to just break down in tears to in some way attract a level of sympathy and empathy that would lessen the harshness of their ensuing punishment. See if it's all the time. Let's see if it's all the time. A good parent will remain detached and treat the element and the event as it is. Hey, you stole a cookie from the cookie jar? You know what the punishment is. Fucking get in your own. You're grounded. All right? I don't care how much you cry. You learn your lesson. A terrible version of parenting would be to enable that and to reduce the punishment and, go, and to signal to her that or to the child that you breaking the rules and you making a mistake here, while we do forgive, will not be forgotten. You need to learn your lesson. All right? Uh, hold, hold on. <laughs> I already switched back to, to the wholesome mindset. The unwholesome mindset is that you break the mistake, but because you're experiencing emotional trauma, I'll forget about the punishment. Oh, poor baby. Poor baby. That's what's going on there. So let's take that into the actual event here. She had the depth of darkness revealed back to her. When he said no, when he showed absolute strength and authenticity to say, no, I'm not going to give in to uh, your deception and this just absolute abomination of what you've attempted to do here in this sexual space. I'm not going to give in to that. I'm out. I'll see you later. She can't handle that. Racing has mentioned cognitive dissonance. The foundations of her reality are falling apart around her. Because no doubt to one of you, I think it was Ito earlier in the chat, had said this is uh, most likely a, a pattern, or he thought it was. I then played on to say, yeah, this is most likely a conditioned pattern. She's most likely ran this before successfully a couple of times as well. <clears throat> when that all comes down, falling down, foundations are breaking around her. There's only really one thing she can do if her ego wants to maintain its way of being. I say only one thing she could do. There's actually two things she could have done, but we're talking about in the mind of if her ego doesn't want to burn. If her ego wants to maintain its status and does not want to burn, there's one more thing it can do, which is to attempt to, as Jay New said, forego guilt, but as I will say, the attempt to attract sympathy and empathy. If she attracts sympathy and empathy, it allows at least some rationalization that her current reality is what it is and that I have not completely burnt. That who I thought I was will not burn today. Not entirely, at least. Imagine if he had just walked straight out. Imagine if he had just walked straight out. She would have had uh, a complete psychological barbecue breakdown. Absolutely. But because he didn't, and this is where now we'll get to one of the final bits of this story, this is what makes what he did even more impressive. He stood up. He didn't have to sit there and allow and allow for her to deluge her, her tears and her life's issues to try and 
uh, explain to him why her past behavior happened. Don't get it wrong, guys. Don't get it wrong. We have tremendous empathy for a woman who's in this place, in this position. In the same way, we have tremendous empathy for men uh, who who fall down the dark path of sexual abuse and raping people. No baby wakes up ready to rape. No baby wakes up ready to kill. Through life events and conditioned behavior, through the influences he was surrounded by, and all of these things playing a part lead up. You look at any rape story. Those, those men did not come from optimal beginnings. A lot of those men had tremendous issues psychologically coming up, abandoned by their mothers, sexually abused themselves. Right? You see this is very common in pedophiles, particularly of younger children. They were abused themselves. <coughs> so we, of course, enact empathy to understand that we're all human beings, and that's how it allows us forgiveness for the rapists, for the pedophiles, for the women who would treat men like shit, for the men who would be, uh, sorry, for the women who would sexually abuse men. Happens all the time. Don't hear about it as much in the news, but happens all the time. For the uh, for the for all beings that walk a dark path, we maintain forgiveness for them because we're all human beings. But that does not excuse their behavior in the same way that a rapist, a male rapist or male pedophile is not excused because of his tremendous uh, upbringing and his poor treatment as a child. That doesn't excuse him raping a child or, or a woman. No, he still needs to be accordingly dealt with. In the same way in this story, this woman, while we maintain empathy for her that I do not doubt, and this is what I said to LK before in the chat, I do not doubt that she has been through some shit to be in this position. Whatever she's... Can you imagine being in, put into an arranged marriage? It's such a foreign concept to us in, in Western society. But it's standard practice in India, in the Middle East, in uh, going back in Chinese and Asian culture in general. Like going back in human culture, arranged marriage is very standard. Positions of power, power play. Family lineage. So that's got to be psychologically traumatizing off the get to even be put in a, in, if you're living in 2020 and you were subject to an arranged marriage, you had two kids with that person, divorced now, I'm sure she's been through pain. I'm sure there has been some twisting, some, some amalgamating of rationalizations going on in her mind that would put her in this position thinking this is acceptable. And I have tremendous empathy for her. Does not excuse her behavior. So when she comes out of the room and turns on the, the tears, goes from dark power play to weak infant mentality. Why? Most likely to attract a sense of sympathy and empathy from him, which allows the foundations of her reality to not completely burn. Because at least if in her mind, and it's probably happening more on a subconscious level, it might be a little conscious, but most likely subconscious because of how powerful the emotions will be, that if I can get some sort of feeling from him that he doesn't completely hate me, that he doesn't completely think I'm an absolute piece of shit, then maybe I can live with myself. Maybe all the pain that I've been through up until this point wouldn't have been for nothing. This is the subconscious wiring going on underneath her. He is under no obligation to allow the space for that. He, If he had told me 
that he just walked straight out of the door because he was just so shocked and at the same time feeling very hurt because she completely betrayed him, deceived him. I would have said, no worries, man. No worries. You're, t- you're totally, that is not a, that's not a red flag at all. That wouldn't have been a red flag. So you're uh, more than entitled to that, that play of social dynamics. But it wouldn't have been the best move. He executed the best move. In normal podcasts, at that stage, I would have asked you guys, what would have been the best move? You guys already know, though. The best move would have been to enable the ability for her to heal, the ability for her to repair. Because it's not just, he didn't just enable her, as I said, with the parent that does poor parenting. He didn't do that, did he? Let's get his words. When she came out, when she came out crying and attempted to play this weak infant mentality, track the sense of, uh, of sympathy and empathy, instead of being the poor parent and saying, oh, it's okay, oh, poor baby, and saying, no, 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 no it really wasn't that bad, and, you know, completely admon- uh, allowing her, saying her behavior is essentially acceptable, instead of doing that, He stayed firm. He maintained his principles in the face of that weak infant tears work. The tears were playing. And he says to her, listen, okay, this is pretty much over. But I'll give you some advice on these issues. I hope you are what's going on here. So he keeps it cool and objective. He doesn't enable her at all. He doesn't subjectively allow himself to get sucked back into the vacuum that she previously attempted to do. He demonstrated excellent principles, excellent parenting principles as well. That uh, yeah, when the ch- when that child turns on the weak infant uh, play, hey, listen, you, you you call for what it is. You say, listen, this is not going to change anything. This is over. It doesn't matter how much you cry. You've broken the sanctity of what was supposed to be between us. But I want to give you a chance to repair. I want to give you a chance to heal. He actively took a position, even though she had just attempted to cause him pain. He's taken an active position to do the very opposite and to actually help her with hers. To actually sit down and help her with her pain. Even though he's under no obligation to do so. And it's just, it's the epitome of, uh, of a masculine being in this, in, this, in this scenario. Because he's taken emotional leadership. He's recognized that she is, uh, she's most likely incurred a lot of pain in her life. That's led her to this position because it's such an outrageous uh, behavior. It's, so, it's just unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. I've never heard this, a story like this before. I'm sure they exist, but I just haven't heard it. And and he decides to go with light anyway. And it brings up a quote that I love. You don't fight the darkness. You bring in the light. That's from Eckhart Tolle. I think it's from uh, A New Earth. Don't fight the darkness, you bring in the light. That always stays in my mind because whenever someone starts yelling at you, getting angry at you for no particular reason, like they're just having an egoic self-interpretation, the dark end, arcing up like this girl did. So you don't fight the dark with darkness and you don't attempt to fight it back. As Lao Tzu, as Lao Tzu once said, the soft overcomes the hard. The easy overcomes the difficult. Water will win. Water will erode away the rock. No matter how hard the rock is, given enough time, water will erode it away. 
the soft overcomes the hard. And so he chose this position of emotional leadership, of softness. He could have been hard with her. None of us would have stood here and, and, uh, and said anything bad about him if he had chosen to just say to her, listen, I never want to see you again. I'm gone and just left and play. And that's, a, that's definitely a hard move. That's hardness. But it's, it's definitely attributed hardness. It's, it's equal hardness. It's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with him doing that. But instead, he chose softness. He chose the way of light in which that I will give her a chance to repair her pain. And he did it in a socially dynamic, balanced way in which that he didn't enable her. He didn't in any way, shape or form give her the idea that this is acceptable behavior. He still said this is over. That nothing you do with these tears is going to change what you've just done. But I want to give you a chance and I want to help you to help yourself. That's it. And that's awaridashita. That is, that's a yokudekimashita. That is such an extreme level of execution. And that's extreme level of execution for someone, for anyone, let alone someone who's been three to four years in the pain of pain journeys and is still a virgin. And yet is demonstrating this level of social dynamics. That's why I said to him in that voice message, how strong you've become. Look at how strong you've become. It wasn't just the strength to turn down that temptation of sex for money and gifts. That requires strength, no doubt. But it was the strength to choose the way of softness and light at the end and to ensure that this woman wouldn't remain in a cycle of pain, that she had a chance to repair. Did you just... Sign me up, you know? Sign me up. (laughs) Shit. Okay. It's just such a story of honor. It is an honorable story. So now what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to sideway into open Q&A because that pretty much wraps us up. However, there are there's one super chat from Jesse, who's then 9.99 pounds. And uh, Jesse, if you're still in the live chat and you have a question now because you dropped that first super chat, you can just go ahead and drop it here now. If you've already dropped it before, just copy and paste it because I won't be able to see it. It might have uh, disappeared. But in the meantime, while, you're, while I'm giving you that opportunity, now you guys can drop any questions in relation to human interaction, social dynamics, dating, relationships, whatever. Anything going on in your lives, you can drop that in there now. Give it a time to this. And uh, if you guys are enjoying this content, please go ahead and drop a thumbs up on the video down below. It'd be highly appreciated. Help support the channel. Help support uh, this show. And if you guys would like to use the Super Chat, you can do that as well. But there are two questions from Takumi and Ray Singh that I will address first. Ray had asked, is there any way to screen a woman for these tendencies? Like, how do you screen this out pre to avoid from this happening? Let's actually get his exact words. I know it was pretty early on. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, Jim's mowing's fucking here, though. Uh, hang on a second. Chotta, chotta. If you go across the street, lawnmower. You guys probably can't hear it, but it's pretty loud on my end. Okay, Ray, Ray, Ray. Ray, 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 where are you at? Okay, so Ray's singing asked the question, any methods to properly screen her through this type of behavior, i.e. avoiding the simp trap, 
aka the simpleton trap, aka a slang insult for men who are seen too attentive and submissive to women, especially out of a failed hope of winning some entitled sexual attention of activity from them. Thank you, LK, for that description. So how do we screen for screen her for this type of behavior? And then Takumi had also asked. Is there anything that he may have missed earlier on in the date? Because remember, all of this happened in one day. This happened in a space of like three hours. It's incredible. Shit. Greatest story, eh? Is there anything that he may have missed in the date? Well, I'll, I'll tackle that one first and then we'll hear Ray's. Because they're two slightly different questions. If she was doing her job correctly t no there's nothing he would have missed earlier on in the date the very act of her getting of being successful means that she was so good at deception that throughout the entire date she had done good enough job to convince him that this was a genuine authentic connection and i'm also not going to go as far as to say that there wasn't some element of that for her as I said before, at least on his 50, he, at the minimum, had to inspire of her enough attraction and trust, attraction and comfort, that not only was she attracted enough to have sex with him, but comfortable enough that she knew that he wouldn't hurt her in, in case things went bad, in case he decided to say no, in case he got angry when she tried to drop the bomb. So I don't doubt if she's listening to this that there was some level of actual connection there. But for women that uh, use this type of behavior, power play behavior, they are very good at playing the bipolar narcissistic flip switch. Narcissists in general are quite good at this. It's literally the definition of bipolar. Uh, it actually borderlines on what's the uh, what's the psychological term on. On a sociopath, sociopathy, in which that you could actually genuinely convince someone and convince yourself that there is some form of genuine connection here, authentic connection, to the point where you could get to the stage of being naked on the bed and then flip the switch. I don't doubt that she's quite good at that because to harmonize within herself, it's definitely a pattern of sociopathy there. Because I don't know how she would sleep with herself in any other way. And uh, narcissists are very good at this. Narcissists are very good at this. But it is definitely elemental of sociopathy. So to answer T's question more directly there, could did he miss anything earlier on in the date? Not if she was that successful, which we know she was. If she is successful enough to be able to get a guy to the point of being naked and to believe that this was genuine and authentic up until that point then she made no mistakes. I'll give her points for that. Okay. Now, to raise things question of, is there any way to screen for it? So let's say she is that good, which we know she was. How do we screen for that behavior? My question to you, Ray, is why would you want to? Hmm? Why would you want to? Because I'm sure you're asking the question because, well, I guess... I don't want to have to go through all that time investment, my heart investment, thinking that this was going to be an authentic connection with this woman. 
only to be betrayed in the very last moment and be put under that pressure and have to go through that psychological trauma, that emotional tax. I don't have to go through all that. So can I just screen for that off the beginning? I'm sure you're being very rational about it. But my initial response is why? Look at how much this man has learned about himself. Look at how much more grounded he will be in his next interaction with a feminine being. Look at what the level of what experience would have to shake him now moving forward based on what he's experienced. It's like, I, know, I know it doesn't seem like it was a great experience for him. For me, though, as a coach, looking at it objectively, it's the greatest experience. If all of my clients could have an experience like this, if I could have an experience like this, I would be forever grateful. It's like, because you're assuming, Ray, that this is 8 out of 10 girls and 8 out of 10 women that are going to try and do this extremely deceptive dark power play and forsake themselves to this level. It's not true. Most women are not like this. There are a higher percentage of women like this that come from that part of the world. I'll, I will submit to that because there is a higher percentage of women that have been subjected to the level of pain from that part of the world. If you're a woman who's been forced from birth predetermined that you have to spend your life with this man. You don't know him. And the only reason why is to maintain the lineage of supremacy between my family and his. There's no love there. We'll learn to love each other, as they say. And, I, and he, he gets to enter me sexually and I have to give myself sexually. I have to have his children. That's predetermined. It's like, it's, uh, there's a lot of pain in that part of the world. Because they still uphold that, those principles, those, those ways of being from thousands of years ago. So yes, you will, if you spend all your time meeting women in somewhere in the UAE, in the Middle East, and India as well, you probably would meet a high percentage of these women. It still wouldn't be 8 out of 10 though. It might be 2 or 3, maybe 4 out of 10, maybe if you met enough people. But to be honest, let me even say this because I have had female clients that have come from this background. Most of them don't turn into the dark power play. You know, Johnny mentioned before the revenge fantasy, you know, getting revenge for her past pain. That's not how most women interpret their pain. Most women that come, especially from that part of the world, most women who come from that part of the world that have been subjected to arranged marriages, that have been treated like objects and property for all of their lives, they don't self-interpret that as a dark revenge fantasy most of the time. They self-interpret that as, I'm weak. I'm weak. I don't know who I am. I can't stand up for myself. I'll over-accept. I'll become the lusting firebird. I won't become the ice turtle shell. I'll become the lusting firebird. I'll just accept that this is how men should treat me for the rest of my life and I'll let, I'll let them do so. It's my condition pattern. I'm weak. That's 8 out of 10 women that come from such depths of pain, especially from birth, predetermined pain. Hmm. So, why did I bring this up? Because Ray was asking how to screen for women that are of this nature that would potentially do the dark power play. You're not going to be going through, you're not going if you were to meet, if you were to engage 280 interactions a month, every single month for the next year, let's fucking times that up. 
you guys saying, come on, Adam, you're Asian. You, you, you should be able to get that, get those numbers. No, I'm not. I, I do not. I'm shit with maths. If you were to do 3,360 interactions, where did I get that number from, by the way? 280 interactions would be doing 10 interactions a day, every day for 30 days in a row. Times that over 12 months, three, what was it? 3,360, was it? Yeah. If you were to do 3,360 cold human interactions across the next year, specifically within, oh, not even specifically, but just in areas that might subject you to women of different cultures, you would be hard-pressed to find uh, a large percentage of those women, any more than two out of 10, that would try and dark power play it. It's just not how most women operate. You know, It's a narrative that can get played, but take it from me, guys, over the last 10 years, I've done my 10,000. I've done my 10,000 interactions. I've only, or oh, this brings up a good segue. I said I was going to bring in some of my own stories. Would you guys like to hear about those? What's the closest I've come to this? If you guys would like to know, if you guys would like to know the closest I've come to this, let me know in the chat, but there is some super chats that have just popped up. So I'll get into that. But let me just say this for the second, Ray. I would not be actively going out in your cold interactions on dates looking for, hmm, is she going to dark power play me? You're going to dark power play me? I don't think that's a healthy mindset because you're likely going to attract that nature if you start seeking it. You have to be far more aware of women who are over-accepting, lusting firebirds, women that will put up with any level of horrific treatment because they have come to know their conditioned patterning of pain to be normal. That is far more relevant for guys in 2020 going out uh, looking to engage in social dynamics. So, yeah, if you guys would like to know my stories that come close to this, let me know in the chat. But otherwise, I'm going to get back in the chat because there's been some super chats dropped. Jay Newey coming saying he responded well with strength, empathy, and consistency. Prayer as well. Yeah, legit. Takumi then comes in saying, I think that would be a struggle point for me if I was a dad falling for fake tears. Hmm. Well, if that's a struggle point for you, T, if you, excuse me, Suma, Suma, if you think that fake tears would be a struggle point for you as a dad, if you think that falling for fake tears would be a struggle point for you as a dad, what does that speak to as your current self? Because you're talking about your future self there, which is an illusion. So it's current Takumi who's saying that. So what does that say about current Takumi? What is it that would make you struggle with that? Hmm, something to think about. Because you, you might be remiss in thinking that, ah, oh, but that's an issue I'll deal with when I'm a dad. No, if that's an issue that you foresee as being a dad, it's an issue for you right now. Because only one person came up with that, and that's current Takumi. Jay New then went on saying, X gave her ego a possible starting point to turn a new leaf. Ah, yes, that was the question three of what he, or what he did there. It wasn't actually a question. It was just me just diving into it. Definitely gave her the point to heal. Gave her the healing point. No more pain, potentially. Takumi then dropped a $5 Australian super chat with a pear man just just double timing on the bicep curl saying keep it up yeah fuck yeah I don't mind that at all beautiful thank you so much for that uh, super chat T it's uh, humbly appreciated and just goes back to supporting the channel and so he then goes on to say no other question right now but thanks for this sesh 
So he's just saying thank you and dropping the love. That's uh, most inspirational. Thank you, too. And so if you do have a question pop up during the session, just let me know and I'll bump it to the top since you drop a super chat. Otherwise, we'll keep going on. Jassy Jassy comes in saying, hello, I am Turkish. Well, welcome, Jassy. I know that uh, the social situation and the sexually social situation in Turkey is very interesting, especially with religion, because I have coached a couple of clients in Turkey. Istanbul, I believe one of them was from. And I can't remember the other city that one was from. But I know that cold human interaction in Turkey is very frowned upon. At least that was a few years ago when I coached a couple of Turkey, Turkish clients. Maybe you could update us in the chat. What's the social situation in Turkey? I know it's a very large question. Keep it focused on cold human interaction. <laughs> okay, Ewan comes in saying, thank you for the welcome and a sweet sesh. Great sharing message and hitting all points. I appreciate that. Okay, thank you for being here. Racing comes in saying, fair answer, Adam. Thanks for the insight. No worries, my man. Must appreciate it. Okay, so. Well, if there are no other questions, well, that's the end of open Q. That's the end of a sesh then. But I'll wrap it on this if there are no further questions. The closest I have come to this. So I asked if you guys want to know about this. Fuck it. This is for my client. Fuck it. Fuck it. If you guys don't want to know about it, that's fine with me. This is me speaking to my client. This is me speaking to X. This is me speaking to this. While this is the most ridiculous and outrageous story I've ever heard in my entire life in regards to this space of social dynamics. I've never heard a social dynamics story that began like this, had the middle like this, ended like this. It is just on all fronts. There's never been a story that I had to take two days to even just for one of my deep clients that I respond to within 24 hours that took me two days to even just get my head around. It's like, I'll, I'll take days to respond to people on Instagram and through emails and, and whatnot because I'm servicing other clients first, etc. But it's not because I don't comprehend what's happening in their story. It's because there are other stories of greater importance based on the hierarchy of what I need to address first. Your story, literally, I could not comprehend for two days. I could not get my head around it for a good bit of time. And so that's just the level of how insane it is. Now, to, I know that you would like to hear because you know, you're one of my clients, a reference point of, can Adam relate to this? Because I said, I said to him in the rest of my voice message, it would take me a couple of hours to break down your story. And also part of that is that how I dealt with something similar. So how did I deal with this when this happened? Again, I'll say I'm not even going to pretend that it was on the same level of what you've experienced because it's not. It's not. But I'm going to give a story, a couple stories, that everyone else in the world will be able to relate to on a much... Because everyone else in this chat will not be able to relate to your story. No one. Like, Even though you guys know my, my, the, the guidance of the bowl, which is the journey will always be your journey. It's like, that's even just like, that's like a pebble. That's a pebble on the beach of this journey. This journey is so far away from anyone else's. Your four, three years of development that led to this moment and then how you actually did the moment. Just no one will, I can't imagine anyone ever coming close to this. Like the Chinese SEAL Team 6 story is not even close. The 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 story of the... um. Of of Mali, the story of Mali, of where uh, <laughs> of 
we're at instant date, two set instant date at the mall. Then later on, went on a day two, one punch man, made out on the bench, went back later uh, to back up into the mall. I was hanging out with her in the mall. One of the other girls I was, I just met later that earlier that day went by, went back to her place later that night and her dad was walking through uh, the house as we were about to have sex. That story, the Mally story, if you guys know the Mally story, I'm sure cutting it, of course. That's another insane story. Uh, not even close. The, all the stories I've ever told have never been the, the fucking mansion story. The mansion story. That's probably the closest in terms of like the outrageousness of what happened. For those of you that know the mansion story, I think I've been saying this a long time. A long time I've been saying I want to tell the full mansion story. I don't think I've ever told the full mansion at once, maybe. The mansion story was a cold. These are all cold human interactions, of course, but where I somehow found myself in a mansion. Uh, <laughs> just a ridiculous story. That's the closest in terms of depth of insanity. But in terms of relation of lesson, in terms of the deception, I only have one story that comes a couple percent close to yours. I'm going to tell it now. So, this is when I was a personal trainer. Personal training business. Shout out to Good Life, Adelaide City. Uh, I should be careful of names here. I may have even mentioned this many, many years ago, but not, not, it's just, I got to give it now because it's relevant. Any of you new guys will never have heard this anyway. Or new people have never have heard this story. Haven't told in a long time. So as a personal trainer over time, one of the other female personal trainers, I was about to say her name, shouldn't say her name. uh, She let me know that one of her clients uh, was pretty keen, pretty keen on me. And there's two stories I'm going to tell here. This one, one, I'll start with this one first. She's pretty keen on me. And I said, all right, well, that's fine. Just give her, give her my, uh, my, my, my business card or whatever. And, and then it'll be done, right? And so she gives her my business card. Uh, the girl, let's call her fake name, Jenna. Jenna sends me a text saying, hey, it's this girl's client, um, whatever. And, and I say, okay, hey, listen, let's meet up for a coffee or two. Let's get to know each other. We get out, everything's fine, you know, just typical, typical, just coffee in the mall, down to the gardens. It's actually a really good connection. She's a very attractive girl, and uh, we're having a really good time. Just a nice, lukewarm, mutual setup. That was the first date, first day two. I actually have a photo from her because we took a photo in the, in the mall. Second day two, a couple days later. We are, oh, important to mention, on that first date, we had definitely kissed. We had definitely established sexual connection. I just want to tell you guys that's important to know. On the day three, second second date out. Technically, the first day, though, was my first time meeting her. So the, the, the terms are getting mixed here. But basically, the second day, I we meet back up. But we meet up for a night date. There's a lot of sexual attraction between us. It's on. And so, as always, I start off the uh, this particular part of the day by being very matter-of-fact. This is sexual progression that has progressed to the point now of going, I'm not going to play any games because this is not from a cold interaction. There's already a lot of social trust already built if she's uh, through the relationship I have with her her trainer. That's why things have progressed so quickly have it not been a human, cold human interaction. 
it's, it, I said lukewarm before, it's a very hot interaction. Things were down from the get. So I don't want to play any games and I just say, uh, listen, well, we meet up that night. It was a night day. I say, listen, we meet up. I know we've only been, uh, we've only had one chance to really meet each other, but let's go back to my place. Normally, in a sexual progression space, I would take a little bit more time, but things are very heated. Things are very hot. We're going to capitalize on the moment. So I say that to her, listen, if you're comfortable, let's just go back to my place and we'll chill. You know, we'll get some food. We'll get some takeaway from fucking Rochards. That's right, from fucking Rochards. Listen to Jordan. Uh, Jordan, if you're listening to this, fucking Roshis. This, they're not there anymore, I don't think. But they, they were a uh, an awesome Chinese food place in the mall that were always open super late. And they used to give us free stuff all the time. They would always upsize us for free because we always used to sweet talk the old Asian ladies there. Fucking Roshards. Anyway, so anyways, it just brings back great memories. And so I say, well, listen, let's get some Roshans and we'll go back to my place. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast. Uh, donation link all of that's tremendously appreciated and i'd also love your feedback on this session whether you want to actually i'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual youtube videos itself if you go into youtube drop your comments there that's probably the best way it really just helps support the channel and i always uh, i actually source the next episodes of social q a from the previous episodes of q a i often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there so if you've got a suggestion for a future social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here, and that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.